I'm Dr. Mandy Weeks, and you're listening to the Behind the Brace podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing conversations and resources to help families and providers navigate the world of scoliosis. This is your place to find hope for a better solution so that you can live your best life. Hey everyone, welcome back. This week we are talking about back to school with scoliosis. I know at least for us, we've already been in school for about a month, but because we've been in school for a month, I have noticed a very common theme of questions and challenges that have been coming up with our patients. So I wanted to talk about those a little bit today because I think it'll be really helpful. Um, So first of all, it seems as though If kids are in a brace, the biggest challenges that they have are transition times, meaning what do I do for lunch between class and between lunch? And can I take a break over lunch? And what do I do between school and practice? And what do I do with my brace? Where do I put it? How does this work? And so from a clinical perspective, compliance is key. That means that if your child's in a brace, they need to be in the brace consistently. So for our brace, a full-time brace, they get one hour out per day. That's just free time. And then they can get up to three hours out for activities, meaning like if they have volleyball practice or football practice or wrestling or tennis or whatever that might be. So we're talking about having 20 hours a day that they need to be in their brace. And sometimes that transition back to school can make it difficult. So this is what I have found that has been helpful for some of the families that we see. Um, Oftentimes, kids are not wanting to wear their brace at lunch at school. I don't know if it's because they think their friends will see it or They just need a break in the middle of the day. But those conversations um, have been really key because most of the time, braces don't fit in lockers, if they even have lockers. So having the conversation with the school is extremely important. And I cannot stress enough that having that communication with administrators, teachers, school counselor, whatever that might be, ahead of time is going to serve you very well. Because if the school knows what's going on, they'll be better equipped to help you with those transitions. So sometimes um, what can happen is either they can go down into the office, take their brace off, and just leave it in a corner of the school office for lunch and take a little bit of a break. Um, Sometimes they've been able to leave it in a counselor's office, someplace safe where, you know, kids are kids sometimes and they don't always understand the expense and importance of medical devices. So you would just never want to leave the brace someplace that wasn't in a protected place, especially in a busy, bigger high school where they don't have a locker to to put it and protect it where it'll fit. Um, So whether that's the office, counselor's office, teacher's room, something like that. Um, Sometimes kids have been able to go out and put it in their car But then it's a little bit of a hassle. They have to like go out in the parking lot, put it in their car, come back in if they're older, at least. Um, So being able to work that out with the school will be huge. 
Um, the other transition is with sports. So especially if they have a quick turnaround where they get out of school and they have to go directly to practice. And again, some of the same struggles, right? Is is there a locker that they can safely put that brace when they go to practice? Or can the coach put it in the coach's office? Or how can we make sure that they get the most time wearing their brace? Because sometimes I've heard the comment that, well, I don't know what to do with it at volleyball. So I took it off at lunch and I just didn't put it back on because I don't have enough time to get from school to practice and take it off and get it back somewhere else. And and then they end up missing, you know, so like the four hours in the afternoon of school, but then they have practice for two hours and then they shower. And now we've missed out on, you know, like six to eight hours of brace wear time in a day, which is huge. Um, we definitely don't want to find ourselves in that position, at least long term. You know, every once in a while, you'll have somebody that has, say, like a volleyball tournament on a Saturday that is all day long. Obviously, you can't wear your brace while you're doing that. So here and there, we can, you know, navigate around that. But on a day-to-day basis, we have to find a solution to have them in their brace. So sometimes your kids will talk to you about this. What I have started to learn is that we have them come in and we check the wear monitor And then I'll pull the report up and on the wear uh, report, it shows that they're not wearing their brace very much. And then in the conversations of, well, why or how is this happening? It comes out that at school, they're having these struggles and they don't mention it to mom or dad and they definitely don't mention it to the teachers. And so we end up, you know, three to four weeks into school and they haven't been wearing their brace appropriately which can be really damaging as far as, you know, our expectations and our hopes to gain correction and a lot of wasted time. So that's why putting some of this together, I'm hoping it'll help you. Um, So if your kids aren't saying anything, I urge you to ask them and just see. And if you're concerned about it, you know, at least for us, um, we have a wear monitor in all of our braces. So you can pop into the office, we throw it in, we pull a report. And it doesn't necessarily matter what, you know, your son or daughter is saying. We can see exactly when they're wearing it, what days they're struggling, how many hours they're getting, and then have that conversation. So if you feel like you're not able to have that conversation or, you know, kids get busy and sometimes they don't have a good handle on how much time is actually passing, um, sometimes that's helpful for them to see. So then they can say, oh, goodness, every Wednesday you know, I'm missing six hours of wear that day. Well, then we can sit down and say, well, what happens on Wednesday? Is it church? Do they not want to wear their brace to um, like the kids church, something like that? Do you have um, a basketball game every Friday that now we're, we're losing out on that time? Or where are these struggle points and how can we address those in a successful way? Um, so those are kind of the things that have been popping up the most as far as what families have been seeing. Um, and again, communication, it's huge. Um, the other thing is with their classes. If your child is older and they move around from class to class, I have found that sometimes they will struggle more in different classes. So say, for example, if they're in English class and they have to write more, sometimes the seating that they have available can make it difficult to be in a good position, um, where they're not uncomfortable. And so, Different schools also have different seating requirements and whether it's a desk or a table or what they're doing in that class. So sometimes we've had to make accommodations as far as perhaps 
They can get 20 minutes through this class, but then if they need a break, maybe they need to go stand up in the back of the class for a few minutes, or perhaps they need to be able to just stand up and go down the hall and get a drink. You know, obviously the conversation about not abusing those privileges to get out of class, but to be able to have those honest conversations with the teachers so that they can understand that sometimes there might be a time that they need to take a little bit of a break um, if their brace is getting to be too much in that class. Uh, Gym class is another one. So it's recommended that the braces are not to be worn when they're doing activities. So anytime there's a fall risk, like you would never jump on a horse or a bicycle or a trampoline or ice skates or rollerblades or anything of that nature in your brace because the brace will alter your body's natural ability to catch yourself if you fall. Um, And we don't want to end up with two broken wrists. So with gym class, it depends on what you're doing. If they're just going for a walk, absolutely. They can keep their brace on. No big deal. Um, If they are playing dodgeball or something like that, they need to take their brace off. And so I have found that oftentimes it's the same type of thing. There's not lockers that they can secure them in or even a place to change out of it where they maybe feel comfortable. Um, And so a lot of times they just talk with the gym teacher, the PE teacher, and they might have an office they can throw it into, or perhaps they can just kind of stay behind before the next class and take it off and leave it in the previous class's teacher's room. And then when they're done with gym, just swing back up and throw it back on. Um, So just some ideas and things that maybe, you know, as a parent, maybe you're not aware of, or maybe your child's not talking to you about. Um, So to be able to ask those questions and check in with teachers and and just to kind of find out, like, how is this going? Is this is this going okay? Are we struggling with this? Um, and to always check in with your provider if you feel like perhaps you're not getting the amount of brace time that you need to be, because that could be detrimental if if it's extremely less than what we need. Um, the other thing that is a common theme, especially for older girls that have braces, what do they wear for clothes? And so that is a little bit more of a tricky topic because I have kids that they're totally fine in hooded sweatshirts and yoga pants, and they don't really care about wearing a brace because the sweatshirt covers it up and it's no big deal. And then I have kids whose personalities are, you know, they want to wear more of like cute dresses and shirts and tops and things like that. And so it makes it a little bit trickier with the brace. Um, So if you've never had a brace before and you're moving into that transition, um, the key is, is to know that it takes some patience to find a wardrobe that accommodates the brace. Most of the time, I've seen really big emotions. Sometimes we have tears and it's, it's working through the emotional aspect of having to make you know, yet one more change um, related to this new diagnosis. So lots of emotional support is going to be helpful, especially if this is the first time that they're transitioning to wearing this brace at school, in front of their friends, changing up their clothes. Um, You know, there's always a little bit of transition time where it just takes some time to work through it. Um, One of the things I wanted to mention, and I don't have the site with me right now, but um, when you get your brace, at least from our office, it comes with two 
undershirts that are soft. They wick away moisture. They've got some like a little uh, padding for under the arms so that the brace doesn't, you know, um, wear on the the underarms as much. Um, but one of my patients just found this uh, amazing, I think it's a private website um, where they have this shirt that you can put underneath and then you put the brace on and you can pull the bottom all the way up and the top all the way down. So it completely covers the brace and they've got different colors. So it almost looks like it's just like a tank underneath whatever shirt they put on over the top of it. Um, and I know that the patients that I've had that have gotten it have really loved it. And it's been kind of a solution to some of those like wardrobe, um, like those hard wardrobe issues where they're just nervous about what they're wearing or how much it shows. Now, obviously, if they're wearing tight fitted shirts, you're still going to see sometimes the shape of the brace under there. Um, but it'll cover up like the plastic part of it. Um, and what I've noticed is, is that, you know, from my perspective, when patients come in, I can rarely tell if they have their braces on or not. Once they find the right clothing, um, they can really conceal that in and it makes them a little less self-conscious. Um, but it does take a little bit to kind of find the right clothes that fit that they still like. Um, and so we'll post some links underneath this um, podcast link so that you can go to those sites, you can check it out and see if it's something that might be helpful to you. I know um, as a mom with girls, right, sometimes the the fashion topic can be a little difficult, especially when it, you're wearing something that alters that. Um, and so a couple other just quick tips um, that have been really helpful is on the brace, there's usually Velcro that closes the front. And there are some screws that hold in different plastic pieces. Sometimes those can snag on shirts. So especially if it's a really special shirt or something that they're really in love with, they throw it over and it catches on the Velcro and all of a sudden it like snags and runs their shirt. Um, You know, that can be really tough for kids. So what we've uh, started doing is Uh, you can take these little stickers and put them over the screws so that they don't catch as much. The other thing you can do is if your straps are uh, longer, so some of um, the smaller framed kids, they'll close their brace all the way and then they'll have this extra piece of the strap. Sometimes those can be trimmed down or sometimes what families have done is they'll go to someplace like Michael's or Hobby Lobby or some sort of fabric store and they'll get the double-sided like sticky Velcro. So they can put... um, you know, one side down on the brace and one side on their shirt or on the strap. And then it'll help um, hold those pieces down. So that way they're not sticking out of their clothing or catching on their clothing. Um, but then also part of that that body sock that I was just talking about is that that completely covers everything. So it's less likely that it'll snag on their clothes. And I know that might seem, as you're listening, something that's really trivial, But I've had it become a really big thing for some families and some kids because they're just so upset about the clothing piece of it. So sometimes spending $10 on some of these little tricks can be helpful. Um, And again, we'll link some of these so that you have some of these resources. You could check it out and take a look at it. Um, And then we'll post some other quick tips up for you. Uh, So just to kind of rewrap, like biggest thing, communication, 
figuring out those transitions for your kiddo and finding out what the struggle is and who do we need to talk to to make it better. Um, And then just the clothing piece of it. And I know it can be frustrating as a parent because sometimes that seems like the most least important piece of it to us, Um, but it can be really the main reason why your child does or does not wear their brace for them. So just to have patience and take deep breaths as you go shopping and trying to really figure out, you know, what their main struggle is and how can we resolve that and who do we need to help with that. So if you have other questions or if you need anything else from us, um, or if there's maybe a question that I didn't address on this um, episode that you're like, hey, what about this? Um, Oftentimes we've run across it before. So you can feel free to shoot us a message um, through our Facebook page or through our email. You can find more information on BehindTheBrace.com. Thanks for joining us. Hope you have a great week. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you could leave a review before you go, that would help us reach more people that need this message. To learn more about the services and resources that we have available, visit us at BehindTheBrace.com. This show is produced by Rayma Team Media. To learn more about how they can help you with your podcast, visit raymateam.com.